If you are not a member of a local church, to whom do you submit? How can you do what God calls you to do as a Christian? In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, if you are not a committed member of some local church. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, what we just heard, I think, begs the question, then what does God ask us to do in Ephesians 5.21? Oh, very simply, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another. Now, how in the world am I going to do that if I'm not a member of the local congregation, the body of Christ? Uh, To whom do you submit if you are not part of the body of Christ? That seems to me to be one of the compelling arguments for commitment to the local body of Christ and to the local church. So why do you think God is asking us to do this? Why is this so important? Well, we're in the Beatitudes at the moment, and we've got to blessed are the meek, and meekness is all about submission. We've been looking earlier at submitting to the Lord himself, to his word and to his will. And there really is this uh, calling of God on our lives that we submit also to his people. We're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're not called to live this life alone, but in community with other believers under the Lordship of Christ. And this is one of the wonderful ways, Steve, in which God rubs the, the rough corners of our lives, that we're brought alongside other believers with whom we often disagree, sure. and we have to resolve conflicts. And, and it's in that that we actually grow in the likeness of the Lord Jesus. Well, we take a look at how that actually happens today in Matthew chapter 5. So I hope you open your Bible, join us there as we continue a message, Blessed are the meek. Here is Pastor Colin. Well, what does meekness look like when God puts you in a place that you would not have chosen for yourself? Let me give it to you in a picture. Come with me to a garden. It's late and it's dark. A few men are lying asleep on the ground. You go a little further and there is another man and his whole body is draped over a large rock. And as you see him, he's sweating profusely. He's in an agony of soul. And he says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken from me. And then he says, Nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. Frame that picture. That's meekness in its very essence. Christ submitting himself to the will of the Father at incalculable cost. That's meekness. And friends, that is what Jesus is calling us to do. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. So I guess that raises the question, have you become used to the hand of God upon your life? you like the wild donkey that's still kicking and fighting against the call and the claim of Jesus Christ upon you? All the turmoil that that brings? 
like the unbroken horse, you still resist that hand? Here's what meekness is. It, it submits to God's word, and it submits to God's will. Now, there's one more thing here, and it's very important indeed, and it's this, that there is also a human dimension, a relational dimension between people to this whole matter of meekness. It, it begins with submitting to God's Word and to His will, but it includes submitting also to God's people. And here I'm thinking particularly of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. Um, if you thought the first part was hard, I promise you that this is even harder. But Jesus says that this is where blessing lies. This is where it is to be found. And it is through this that you will enter into further blessing down the line in your life. And so it's a, this is not something that we can bypass. It's of huge importance. Now, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 um, Paul is describing in Ephesians 5 what it looks like when God's people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, he, he identifies a number of uh, evidences. One is that they sing to each other, the singing of psalms and of hymns and of spiritual songs. One is when God's people are full of the Spirit, they are always thankful. They're always thanking God for everything in every way, Paul says. And then he says there's something else that is an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's this, Ephesians 5.21, God's people submitting to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. And when you see that happening, it is an evidence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into the lives of people because it is not natural, but it is also a wonderful place where blessing is found. Now, by the way, if you are not a member of a local church, to whom do you submit? It's a serious question. How can you do what God calls you to do as a Christian in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 if you are not a committed member of some local church. See, meekness grows through the discipline of committed relationships. There's no other way for this to happen. And this is God's gift to us through the body of Christ. Uh, what happens is that self-directed Christians, autonomous Christians, individualist Christians, miss out on the blessing of meekness that Christ wants to bring into your life because it's simply not possible to develop it apart from the context of committed relationships. And so if the pattern is for you simply to, to walk away every time someone upsets you, how can you possibly grow in, in meekness? Meekness only happens when there is something upsetting and, and you're able to respond in a way that reflects the Spirit of Christ. Now, there's an important distinction, of course, to be made here between submitting to God's Word and God's will and submitting to God's people. Um, submitting to God's Word and God's will is unconditional. There are no limits. There are no boundaries upon it. 
Submitting to God's people, that is different. The apostles said on one occasion, you remember, we must obey God rather than men, though they said that when they were forbidden to preach the gospel. The normal pattern, the normal pattern for healthy Christian relationships is that we submit to each other in the body of Christ. And Christ calls us to this, and meekness is formed out of the difficulty of doing this. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Blessed Are the Meek, part of our series Momentum, How to Make Progress in Your Christian Life. You know, in addition to being able to listen to the series on the radio, Pastor Colin has also written a book entitled Momentum based on this content. And it's our thank you gift to you as you give a financial gift and support the ministry this month. You can find out more or give online at openthebible.org or call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. That's 1-877-673-6365. Or again, our website is openthebible.org. Well, if you joined us a little bit late, we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 5. So meet us there as we continue our message. Again, here's Pastor Colin. Now, let me give to you some, some practical snapshots of what this meekness actually looks like. And I want to tie these to one or two um, actual incidences that you can read about and, and follow through in the Bible, because here you're seeing just how difficult it can be among the Lord's own people, among people of faith. Think about meekness when you are opposed. And I'm thinking particularly about the meekness of Moses. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 12 that Moses was very meek. It's an astonishing word and statement that is used in relation to Moses. You say, now why does the Bible say that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth, as it says in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3? Well, just think about what he had to endure. I mean, God calls this guy out of retirement to lead the people of Israel who had been slaves for 400 years. I mean, what must it have been for Moses to lead the people of God? What must the pressures have been on him in doing that work? I can hardly begin to imagine it. But by God's grace, he leads them out of Egypt. He leads them across the Red Sea, they see miracles happening. He brings them to Sinai when God makes a covenant with them. Now, friends, you would think that God's people would be grateful to Moses. But if you know the Old Testament story, you will know very well that that is not what happens. Instead, we read this, that the people grumbled against Moses, and they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children. I mean, can you imagine believing people actually thinking that about Moses? But they did. And I don't know about you, but I can well imagine what my flesh would be saying in that kind of situation. I'd be thinking like this. I'd be saying, now, wait a minute. You have never seen such blessing as you are seeing right now. And if you can't see that, I'm out of here. Well, my flesh would think like that under these circumstances. All I hear is you moaning and complaining about what you do not like. 
You are slaves. You are surrounded by the blessing of God. But Moses was not like that. He was meek. And so here's what he did. He prayed for people who said the most astonishingly scurrilous things about him. And then, try and take this in. He went up a mountain and he said, Oh God, if it was possible, I would be happy for you to blot me out of your book in order that they should not be blotted out from your book. That's meekness. That's why the Old Testament says, "Won't anyone else on the face of the earth in Old Testament times who was quite as meek as that. Under that kind of provocation and ingratitude? Do you see now why far from meekness being a sort of brand of weakness, this is something that is such a high calling that it is impossible for us apart from the Spirit of Christ that indwelt Moses? Think about times when you are not so much opposed as provoked and I want you to think for just a moment with me about the meekness of David. You can read about this in Second Samuel in chapter 16. Uh, we read a story there of a, a man by the name of Shimei. What a wretched man that man must have been. But um, he was a pain in the neck is the only way that I can say it to King David. Maybe when you hear this story, you'll think, oh, I can think about someone who's a pain in the neck in my life as well. Shimei belonged to the house of Saul, who was the first king of Israel. He was Saul's man. And what that meant was that even long after Saul was dead and gone, and long after David had been anointed as the king of Israel, this man Shimei had not one good thing to say about God's anointed David. And we're told this in 2 Samuel 16 and verse 5, that this man Shimei, he just cursed continually. And he threw stones at David. I mean, can you imagine this? Throwing stones at the king of Israel. And as he was cursing, he said to David, shouting from a distance, of course, uh, he said, get out, get out, you worthless man. This is what Shimei used to shout, and David had to put up with it. Well, remember, David was Israel's greatest king. And yet here is this man who, who cannot say a good word about him. And uh, the Bible tells us about Abishai, who was a good man and one of David's loyal men. And he did not think that King David should have to put up with stuff like this. And so he said to David, and I love this phrase in the Bible, he says, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Why should this fellow be allowed to get away with wretched behavior like this? And Abishai said to David, let me go and cut off his head. And I wonder what your flesh would have said. You're the king of Israel? Well, good idea, Bishai. Let's be done with him. But not David. A man of meekness. Leave him alone, said David, and let him curse, which is what Shimei proceeded to do. And I want you to get this picture in your mind. I'm just reading from uh, 2 Samuel 16, verses 13 and 14. David and his men went on the road, while Shimei went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went. Can you imagine walking with your loyal people 
uh, you're the king of Israel, and here's this man on the hillside, and he's shouting down all these curses. And then it says this. He ran along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and flung dust. Can you imagine that? Shimmy, flinging dust. And at the end of the journey, we, we read this, that the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan. Oh, what a wretched journey we had this guy throwing dust at us every step of the way. And he's one of God's people. Shimmy showed extreme, unjustifiable provocation towards the king of Israel. And David puts up with him. Amazing. Thomas Watson makes this penetrating comment. He says, how easily God could crush sinners and kick them into hell. But he moderates his anger. And here David points us to the grace that we see in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a third little snapshot, just very quickly. When you're disappointed, this will be an experience that comes to you. And here's the meekness of Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. Sometimes we're disappointed because our expectations were unreasonably high uh, for other people. But surely after all the ministry that Paul had poured into the lives of so many people, it would have been reasonable for him to expect that when he came to be tried in a court of law, there would at least be one person who would come to his defense. And he tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16 that that did not happen. Nobody came. At my first defense, nobody came to stand with me. So where do you go from there? I'm so disappointed. And you can see how the beginnings of bitterness and all kinds of stuff could be lodged in the soul. But here's what Paul says. He says, may it not be held against them. May it not be held against them. He prays for God's blessing on people who really had let him down. And that takes me to the last, and it's simply this, when you're injured, and of course, the meekness of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he was reviled, insulted, cursed, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. You think of these folks nailing him to the cross. You think of these folks spewing out all their bile, standing, mocking him while he's there in agony. And how, with perfect justice, our Lord Jesus Christ could have said from the cross, you wait. You wait. But he moderates his justice with mercy. And instead he says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. That is meekness. And you say, how did he do that? Well, here's how he did it. Peter tells us he bore our sins in his body on the tree. He absorbed it into himself. 
And he did it so that we would die to sins and live to righteousness because by his wounds we have been healed. And so here we have just a shining light into what meekness involves as it relates to other people. It's going to involve the bearing of wounds. It's going to involve the forgiving of injuries. It's going to involve returning good for evil. Matthew Henry says, after laying out what meekness involves, he says, if this is Christianity, God help us. If this is Christianity, God help us. Because he says we are called Christians, we name the name of the meek and the lowly Jesus, but how few are actuated by the Spirit or conformed to Christ's example. Friends, we live in the land of lawsuits where there has been such a loss of civility in public discourse and in conversation. We live in the world of attack ads, attack websites, and what happens in the world creeps into the church, and we desperately, desperately need to rediscover the meekness to which Jesus Christ calls us here. It is much easier to be like Shimei than it is to be like David. But David has the Spirit of Christ, and Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Is that you? That's what meekness is. Next week, we're going to come back and look at how we pursue it. And you'll know that it's going to be around this that we read in Matthew 11. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Tie yourself to me. Learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, and lowly in heart. And then you'll find rest from your souls. Bind yourself to me, Christ says. Walk with me. And here's what will happen. You will find rest for your soul. Really a great way to wrap up this message. You want rest for your soul? Well, learn to walk with Jesus. Learn meekness from Him and you will find that rest. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, a message called Blessed Are the Meek, part of our series Momentum, how to make progress in your Christian life. And if you ever miss a broadcast in our series, come and listen online. Our website is openthebible.org. Or listen through the Open the Bible app, which is free. You'll find it at your favorite app store. Simply search for Open the Bible and download the app, and you can listen on demand. Or again, through our website at openthebible.org. Well, Open the Bible is a listener-supported program, but we want to send you a copy of Pastor Cullen's book, Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. It's based on the series that we're listening to on the radio right now. But Colin, who is this book actually written for? Oh, well, this would be a book for everybody, because who doesn't want to be happy? Um, Jesus speaks about how to be blessed, how to have a happy life, how to be contented and how to find joy. I mean, who doesn't want that? But, you know, particularly in the Beatitudes that Jesus gives to us, he speaks to us about how we can find peace and joy, especially when we're struggling with sins that really 
bog us down. Hmm. And, you know, if you're struggling with something that you just feel you can't get over, well, the Beatitudes are for you because Jesus speaks here about how you can actually make progress in your Christian life. And, you know, for anyone, and this should be true of every Christian, for anyone who wants to grow in holiness, to be more like the Lord Jesus and to advance in the Christian life, the Beatitudes actually give us the way in which we can grow as Christian believers. That, to me, was the most exciting discovery about the Beatitudes when I studied them, and it's been a great blessing to me. It's a joy to share it in the radio program, and I'm so glad we have the opportunity of sharing it through the book. Well, we would love to send you a copy of the book, Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes, as you give a financial gift of any amount this month. You can find out more or give online when you come to openthebible.org or call us at 1-877-673-6365. That's 1-877-OPEN-365. Or again, our website is openthebible.org. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. How do you get more meekness in your life? You can't simply say, oh, I want to be more meek, so tell me how to be meek. Find out why next time on Open the Bible.